1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you
0: love with TCL.
1: Hockey. Yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Um, we we passed up a lot of opportunities to shoot the puck. And then in the third, after we have really addressed it for two periods, um, we shot bucks into their into their legs um, a whole pile of times. So um, that, that, that's our main concern um, here tonight. But we thought we competed our uh, competed really well. Um, you know, we we had opportunities, uh, lots, and we didn't. You know, thought it was pretty even uh, back and forth. Welcome in Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad, Declan Goff, Dean Everson. Did you really compete that well? Did you really compete that? Did, are you really happy with that performance? San Jose Sharks, you had leads. You blew the leads. Martin Jones' is Swiss cheese. How do the Sharks survive, Declan, with Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik in goal? I mean, if I'm a Sharks fan, I think I'm just done. Like it's it, seriously, it's 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 bad. Swiss cheese followed by Swiss cheese, right?
0: Yeah, it's not good. Um, look, I, I know Doobie's game came down to earth pretty hard this last year, but I, I did not expect it to be this horde. And Martin Jones, you know, not too long ago, was a pretty damn good goalie. So
1: something happened.
0: I don't know what happened there, but yeah, no, their goaltending is atrocious. Atrocious.
1: So let's talk about the Wild. Um, they opened a four-game West Coast swing last night against the Sharks, who are again not good. In San Jose, they lose four to three in in a shootout. I want to start here, Declan, mm-hmm. by talking about the overtime. Yep. Because this team for a long time, including under Bruce Boudreaux, was really bad in overtime for obvious reasons. They had old slow plotting guys, okay? And it was no secret why they were bad, but they appeared intent on not changing that. And um, it was pretty annoying after a while to know that you were going to get a steady diet of Miko Koivu and Parisi and Suter and Stahl and basically guys who, if they did have speed at one time, it was long gone now. Um, What made it fun once Dean took over, and especially this year, was you got um, Kaprizov. You got guys with Eck, who was, you know, a younger player at least. You got guys like Dumba who had speed, Spurgeon who have speed. Last night was to me a, a return to the past in not a good way. In the sense that when that score was tied and we got late in the third period, I actually thought to myself because this is my new thought process: "Oh, good overtime. This is going to be fun. Like the Wild will yeah. gai- the Wild will gain possession of the puck, and we'll talk about gaining possession as well on this show." But they'll get possession of the puck, and it'll be some high-flying, you know, Zuccarello to Kaprizov to Fiala. I don't know, and they'll score a goal. And instead, we saw very much a turn back the clock to what, to me, uh, partially because of a possession issue, a not very good Sharks team dominated the puck, absolutely dominated the puck, and for this team to be successful, That can't happen. And by this team, I don't mean the Sharks. I mean the Wild.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the overtime usage was pretty horrid. I didn't really understand the deployment, and then especially how the shootout started where you go Kaprizov, Fiala, Zuccarello, which is the correct order to go if you have to get to that dreaded shootout. So I I respected that. But Fiala wasn't on the ice to start. Kaprizov wasn't on the ice to start. Like, what were we doing there? Actually, Fiala was. Fiala was.
1: It was Eriksanek, Fiala. Who who turned over the puck in his own zone and it damn near cost them? Yep. So so the start the starting rotation or the starting three were Ericksonek, Fiala, Brodeen, which is okay, that's that's okay. But then and I, I don't know if it's because they they were on the ice late in the game or what in uh regulation. The second rotation of guys that came through that I charted were Benino, Hartman, Spurgeon. I'm okay with Spurgeon, but Benino and Hartman. Yeah. And then Zuccarello, Caprisov, Dumba, and then Johansson, Greenway, Brodeen. And then it ended when I believe the buzzer sounded in overtime. It was late at night. Now, I was not drinking. I know that you from your tweets were, but, uh, and it was late, and I'm older, so perhaps I'm not seeing well or I'm just tired now, but. I either had a dream that Victor Rask was on the ice in OT in three on three, or I really did see it and wrote it down. And I'm still trying to comprehend what I saw. Victor, like Victor Rask, I don't. Okay, you could think he's got a role on this team, and he, you know, definitely centers for better for worse. Sometimes for worse, a very important line. Um, but Victor Rask in three on three, yeah. I I don't. What's the justification for it at all? Like he does not fit.
0: He was he was the last guy to touch the ice on the overtime. He 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 came out, and he's
1: the last guy I want to touch the ice in overtime.
0: I know it was uh it was pretty bad. I I didn't really yeah the entire deployment of how they used all of them was was just horrid. Um and look, I know the sharks aren't great in goal, but look, they they still have firepower up top. Like don't don't sell short Brent Burns. Don't sell short Couture and Hurdle and even I know Patrick Marlowe, who, who hit, hit a big milestone yesterday as well. There's still weapons there. They're not a dumpster fire. They're absolutely not a dumpster fire. If they got better, it's very yearly similar to a Wild team last year. You plug in average goaltending, I bet the Sharks have a lot better record than what they do. So they're not a dumpster fire. That being said, the Wild can't afford not to get two points against the Sharks and the Ducks. It, that's inexcusable. So how they lost that game, the deployment of the shootout, the overtime... It kind of just all added up that you, you basically played in your own hand to lose, and I know face-offs were a disaster. Um, I thought Cam Talbot played very, very well. And look, the Wild escaped the first period with a lead where they probably shouldn't have had a lead, but that's how they've won games before. That's how they beat the Blues on Thursday. They got heavily outpossessed and outworked the entire game. You still figured out a way to get two points. So it's unfortunate. I know Fiala had a rougher game. Kaprizov was pretty much unnoticeable, which wasn't necessarily all his fault. So it was a game where your top players didn't play well, but you still had a very good chance to win, and you basically blew it.
1: Yeah, and you're not going to... So you're, you're playing the uh, the Kings to a certain extent and the Sharks and the Ducks so much that I fully get that you're not going to get all all of the points, and they did get one last night. But to your point, what I think I didn't like was, and this has been pretty consistent since the, since they got blown up by the Avs last week, Dex, What I didn't like was the fact that I don't really think the Wild has put together anything close to a complete game since they got blown out by Colorado back-to-back. And they played the Ducks twice at at home, and you, me, and Phil (laughs) could head down to the X and play the Ducks and might have a chance. Mm -hmm. And the Blues are a mess right now. The Blues are not playing well. So they blanked the Blues, which was impressive, on its face, but the Blues aren't playing great. And the thing that has covered up the stench of the most recent stretch of games after Colorado for the Wild is the fact that Cam Talbot is playing so well because Cam Talbot's been fantastic. He's been absolutely great. Do I think he's playing too much? Would I start Kapo at some point? Absolutely. That's another conversation. Uh, But this team has not really put together a complete game since then, and you can get away with that, you know, against – the Ducks and probably to a certain degree, the Sharks, or at least they'll get a point against the Sharks. Uh, and certainly you could against the blues when they're not playing well, but that's not the way this team can play. And, and it all depends on what the expectations are too. So I'm not freaking here because I do like this team. And I do think that they're on the right track in a, in a, um, a big picture standpoint Dex, but like, if this team has an expectation of popping up and possibly trying to win a playoff series, like, you can't have games like you've had these past four because they are not close to complete enough, and Camp Talbot cannot bail you out every single night. He just can't. It's not fair. Right.
0: We talked about the last on uh, our last uh Hockey Show how your young players, Kaprizov, Fiala, and then if you have average goalt- above-average goaltending, it can steal you games and in the past, the Wild have not really had that luxury. The last few years, they haven't had that luxury, but it can happen, and hockey's a weird sport where if those guys are clicking, and Fiala's making turnovers, and Fiala didn't have the prettiest of game last night, but he still set up a good goal against Johansson, he set up another one, too. There were moments where you take the lumps with players like that, because they're gonna create turnovers that are gonna make you pull your hair out, but they're gonna create more positive plays for you than against you, and unfortunately, the Wild just, really shot themselves in the foot towards the end of the game, and when you can't score in the power play uh-huh. it's an issue um when you have Victor Rass centering Kaprizov, that's an issue when you can't win a face off to save your life that is a significant issue Th- there was a lot of things working against them, and yes I'll, basically you for the lack of better words you have to pay the piper when when you play when you pay that when you play that
1: bad excuse me caprisoff last eight games Declan Goff, according to what I tabulated last night, last eight games, one goal, three assists, four points, previous eight, five goals, two assists, seven points, a power play goal. Mm -hmm. You had to expect this. Yeah. He's going to go through ebbs and flows, but I will say, I do not think it is a, a hot take or an overstatement to say having Victor Rask be a center for a player this good. And this goes. This partially goes for Zuccarello too. Although I don't think Zuccarello has played great of late. But beside the point for right now. When you're going to put off full time with Rask, and that's his guy, it's going to have effects at some point in time. Yep. It's going to. And, and I saw Rask once or twice, but for sure. Oh, for what? For sure, once I believe it was in the second period last night. He got set up beautifully from the left point by. Zuccarello, it was a great pass. And in rask fashion, he couldn't handle it. And look, that's him. Like, that's not a surprise. I, In fact, I, I would have been surprised if he had handled the pass um, in a manner that led to a goal. But it was a great play, and it was the type of high-end play that lines like that should generate. Mm-hmm. So I just really think well, Kaprizov is not going to be great every night, and I totally get that. And he's going to go through spurts where he, he is fantastic, probably like Fiala does at times, and he's going to go through spurts where he's not. But if you're going to put him with Rask, there's going to be fallout at times where he's probably not going to achieve the the maximum capability that he can because Victor Rask is Victor Rask. Look,
0: over the last 15 games, Victor Rask is playing about 15 minutes a night, which is a good amount of time, by the way. That's that's not small amount. That's a good amount of time basically centering that first line the entire time. In his last 15 games, two goals, one assist, 11 shots. You, If you're going to put that center and as your quote-unquote top line between Kaprizov and Zuccarello, and, and yet there's, there's nitpicks in Zuccarello's game recently, but in general, you have the right center between those two, that's a top line. That is a completely top line. Um, but Victor Rask is basically holding it down. The only reason, the only reason he's basically playing that is, yes, out of necessity, and two, for whatever reason, the kid has figured out how to win faceoffs. Not at an elite level, but he's been able to win faceoffs. Even last night, he won fifty percent of his draws. He was one of the only two players that actually did something on the faceoffs. I know we'll get into that in a bit, but he's basically ifto de facto playing because of those reasons. And his offense and his skating. I mean, I, I don't pretend to be an NHL scout, judge. My God, like his skating is horrible. He's, slow. He, he's so slow. He's slow. You know, Stall was slow, but at least his shot, and there are moments where he could, you can make up for those deficiencies as you get older. And Victor Rask, by the way, isn't in his 30s. Victor Rask is 28. He turns 29, or he just, he just turned 28, excuse me, on March 1st. He's 28 years old. He's not a young man. He's still in his prime of his career, you would say. And he can't move. He can't move,
1: and he's holding that line back. Stahl had more and I'm glad he's gone okay so i will preface this by saying I'm glad he should be gone and he's gone uh Stahl had more hockey sense than rascal, oh yeah, like Stahl was just a smarter player but the but dex the problem is this who's the center yeah. like like is it Eck Eck that's not that's not an Eck type of line um we we thought it might be, but it's not hartman Hartman Fiala and <laughs> Your guy Johansson, who's playing pretty well right now, that. Yep. is a nice line, but Hartman's not that guy. No. Like he, he's not a high end guy. Oh God, no! And then they put Luke Johnson at center last night and moved Benino to the Eck line to have yeah. two guys, two uh, centers on that line. So I guess my question to everybody is, who do you put between those two? I mean, yeah. Kaprizov and Zuccarello are high, and and Kaprizov. I, Obviously, high-end players. They're really high-end players. And I just went through a list. Like, there's nobody really sufficient there. You're not there. That's that's the deficiency. There are deficiencies here. And that's one of them. You just, And, I mean, we've said this from day one, and it's not breaking news to Billy Guerin. From day one, we've said they do not have a top center and they don't have a two. Um, statistically, talk to me about face-offs, though, because oh, yeah. this is... So the two things that stand out to, to me, and uh, the Wild actually didn't have a power play last night. But the two things that have stood out to me so far in 2021 for the Wild are power play, which is not just sort of bad. Historically it's bad. It's been historically bad. <laughs> and face-offs, which um, to his credit, Anthony LaPanta pointed out on the telecast yep. last night is damn near Historically bad.
0: I had my boys Randy Hahn and Brett Hedican, who I was tweeting with back and forth last. I don't know if you saw that. We were we were tweeting. We're, we're no, good, I friends. Try oh, good not. friends. Go I'd... Huskies, uh, Brett Hedekin, me I'd... and my boy. We're talking Saint Cloud State. No, um, I try not. But I, I, I did, actually I did see the uh, Lapanta comments, and actually I thought it was hilarious because some wild fans were saying I don't want to hear about the faceoffs, and I kind of thought, wait, Lapanta's like talking about faceoffs and talking about something that isn't just a shot chart and all. No, this? he did a good job, and good for him. He did I'm a good happy job about that.
1: He did research. He brought it to the table, and yes, historically bad.
0: So the wild last night overall team summary. You won 22 out of 53 draws. That is 42%. The biggest culprits Nick Benino only won 6 out of 15 draws. He's really cooled off, right? Yep. Ryan Hartman only won 2 of 11 draws. So those two dudes really put Ooh. you in the hole. Yeah, that's So a, I mean, uh yeah. quick math that's 8 for 26 combined. Mhm. Um Victor Rask Again, pointed out he won 50% of his draws. He won four out of eight. Luke Johnson won six out of seven draws. Now, he's a fourth-line guy, though. So I expect a fourth-line guy to win the majority of his draws. Um, It was awful. And even on even strength, it didn't really matter. Uh, In their their offensive zone, they won 46% of the draws. In their defensive zone, they won 39% of the draws. In the neutral zone, 41% of the draws. Shout out to NHL.com. They break all this down to make it look really easy, and I can sound like a genius. And to my point, too, about the, the good centers on the San Jose Circuit, I'll take Dylan Graham Bell on this team. Like, Gambrell is a stud at Denver University. He's playing low minutes because of because San Jose has great depth up the middle and Hurdle and Couture. But I, I would take Dylan Gambrell on this team, and I bet he slides into number one center. It's amazing. Um. So, yes, the, the, the face-off problem was a huge issue for the Wild. And I, I don't try to harp too much on face-offs, but when you are con- – you, you know, are consistently bad and you're and you're in your offensive zone and you're you're only winning 46% of the draws in your offensive zone that is a problem that is a big time problem
1: and the place where it was where it was a massive problem was OT like you have to win draws there because that determines possession for extended periods of time yep i get it 5 on 5 You sort of lose a draw, but you can put pressure on the guy, get the puck. It Mm -hmm. sort of goes back and forth. Uh, It's nice to win those draws, especially on the power play when when you have a power play opportunity. But where it stood out to me as just being a real problem was overtime. And there was one. um, So when, when they had Zuccarello, Kaprizov, and Dumba together. There was one portion where you didn't have a center, and it was almost like Dean was like, "I'll oh, screw it. That's a problem. And the stat that LaPana threw out, and I believe this was going into last night's game, on the season, the Wilds at 45.4% on draws, which is off the charts awful. Mm. So that has to, like, you can't, for, you don't have to be unbelievably good, but you can't forfeit possession. It, it's like the power play, right? Like, you don't have to be top five, power play to be a successful team, but you also can't be historically bad. Yeah. Like you need to be somewhere (laughs) and and you need to have possession of the puck at times. And like if you're starting off, which the Wild, it seems like they're doing right now, if you're starting off possession after possession after possession without control, that's a problem. Uh, Dex, let's talk about, let's transition to, Mm -hmm. I got two thoughts on this. My favorite topic, the shootout. (laughs) I want to talk about the shootout, okay? okay? Yeah. All right, number one, and I hate the shootout, and I think it's an indication of almost nothing because it's a skills competition. It's, it is ending a baseball game with a home run derby, okay? But if you want to know about, you know, where's the Wild at? I'm really excited about them. Where are they at exactly? I think the shootout was as instructive last night as anything about where your talent is at. Mm-hmm. And this is, and look, I'm not bashing them. I like where they're going. Okay, like I'm high on where they're going. They're fine to me. Bill Guerin is doing the right things. So this is not a critique of they suck. That's not true. Okay, but like when we're talking about how far do you think that they can go, and what do they need, and you know, where's this team at? Right, Dex. To me, this is the most instructive thing I think I've seen in a long time shootout first shooter caprizov okay yep he shot wide but okay i can roll with that yeah (laughs) next guy he scores fiala definitely roll with that yeah okay cool third guy shootout master yeah and he's got skill mats yeah that's a great one yeah i'm in yep i'm jumping in the pool for that (laughs) let me go through because before the Sharks won, when Eric Carlson absolutely damn near killed Cam Talbot with a close and <laughs> slap shot. Let, let, let me go through rounds four through eight from the wild perspective. Yeah, I
0: haven't pulled up here, two, It's pretty bad.
1: Marcus Johansson. Yep. Okay, he's played well of I, late. I'm I not can a, see it. I can see it. Not a, you know, don't love it, but I can see it, right? And I can see it. Here okay, go. here we go. Round five, Nick Bukestad. Yeah. Okay, right now, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> for, for those who might be watching, I'm going to start to get below this table because I'm starting to get scared was after him, Victor Rask. <laughs> Next, Eric Sinek, who I think has a very good role on this team. Probably should have went fourth. Probably should have went fourth
0: or fifth, yeah. But, uh, but yeah.
1: And then and then the final one before the Carlson Slapshot goal, Ryan Hartman. Yeah. Who has no business really participating. The point being Dex is just as far as instructive of where this team like think about a year from now or two years from now. And that might be Zuccarello if he's still here followed by Rossi or who knows Rossi might start the damn thing or Boldy like think about where this is trending Uh, the other thing I didn't get and this is not a big deal but the Sharks did it are you telling me the Wild doesn't have a defenseman who's preferable to Nick Bukestad or Victor Rask on the shootout like Jared Spurgeon's not preferable he's got more skill Yeah. like am I missing something I mean Burns and Carlson went for the Sharks. Totally get that. But are you trying to tell—are you really trying to sell me on the fact that Bukestad or Rask has more offensive potential to score than Jared Spurgeon? Who, by the way, when he pinches in, is incredibly comfortable in the offensive zone. I'm just—I'm asking for a friend.
0: Well, the weird thing is, too, how the Sharks deployed everyone. So they started with Donato, which— I I like Ryan Donato in a shootout, but when you have Couture and Hurdle yeah. and Burns and Carlson, like you went with Donato? Dude loves a to strange.
1: shoot. Dude loves to shoot, yeah.
0: Then you did Couture second. Okay, makes sense. But then LeBlanc third. Yep. Then Hurdle. Yep. Then Evander Kane. Then Brent Burns. Then Leonard. And then Carlson with the howitzer equalizer to win the game. Yep. I, th- th- both teams deployed their shootout strategy. And I think the Wild went top edge and said, all right, I, I pray to God we win this in three. And they had a chance to it. Cam Talbot makes that stop after Fiala scores, the Wild win. You know, or after Zuccarello scores, the Wild win the game. They didn't. So they just said, we're going to go all in. We're going to put our top three guys out there. Hopefully we win this in, in the traditional first three rounds. They didn't. And then, yes, it was very indicative of where this team is at skill-wise. And it's why maybe... You need to possibly get Matt Boldy here. It's why you need Marco Rossi here and healthy, hopefully, a year from now. Hopefully, you can find another center to give you another dynamic player. The goal is to avoid the shootout. I'm not trying to make the point that you need players in the shootout specifically to win games. This is the first time in 30 games the Wild even made it to a shootout. But that skill set does matter. It does absolutely matter. So you need higher-end players on this team if you want to compete with those big dogs.
1: All right, I have a proposal for you. Okay. I've got a shootout proposal for you, okay? Because I never again, however much time I have left on earth, want to see Victor Rask in a shootout ever again. No reason for it. It's an abuse of my staying up late to watch the greatest hockey league in the world. All right? If we're going to keep this this absolutely asinine format around, and I'm so done with it, and I know it's not a lot, And you're right, this was the first wild shootout of the season. But if we're going to keep this format around, let's go to the international game rules, okay? I'm going to read you this. In international play, and we actually did see this in the 2014 U.S.-Russia game with uh, T.J. Oshie. In international play, teams choose three shooters for the shootout competition, which the IIHF calls, quote, game-winning shot. Game-winning shot. If there, is, if there still isn't a winner after the first five shooters take their turns, any player can shoot as many times as the coach wants. And that then harkens back to what Oshi did. He took the uh, final five shootout turns for the U.S. against Russia in 2014. All right? So if we had stopped there, Dex, if mm-hmm. we had stopped there, we could have gone Kaprizov, Fiela, Zuccarello, back to Kaprizov. F- I don't care. Zuccarello could have just kept going. But that would have alleviated us and me from having to watch Nick Bukestad, God bless him, uh, Victor Rask, Ryan Hartman. So let's just go to that, okay? Like, if we're going to do this, three shooters, and then they can repeat as much as they want. I don't care who goes, but it's among your three top players. At least let me watch top players. Like, do you have any desire to ever again see 49 strolling down the ice towards Martin Zero Jones chance. with the puck, maybe on a stick. Zero chance. No way. 100%. no. Okay. So let's just go to that. Like if we're going to do this, I would prefer to go 10 minutes, three on three, call it a tie and just go by the points. It wouldn't bother me one bit. Like you're already having to post points percentage in your standings on NHL.com. Cause it's so confusing. So if we're going to do that, if we got to go to points percentage and you have to figure it out for me, let's just go to ties. Last thing. Okay. Matthew Boldy, make your case for why you think that the young man whose college season is now done mm-hmm. should be here.
0: Well, number one, I, I don't think he can accomplish much more going back to BU. Um, I know there's some people that think it can't hurt him, but he is such a high-end player. He's a Hobie Baker finalist. He doesn't have to go back to the college game. He does not have to go back to the college game to, to define anything more. If anything, I want him in the AHL. I, I want him here. I want him in my system plugged in and ready to go. Um, I also believe, look, Montreal is doing this with Caulfield. They said, screw it. We'll burn the entry-level year. Montreal, I think treading water, right? Like they're not. I don't think they're a dumpster fire. They're playing okay. They should should be able to compete, maybe in that Canadian division and get it into the playoffs.
1: They are in the. Uh, just to clear that up, they are in the fourth and final okay. playoff spot, two points ahead of fifth place. Country. So,
0: so they are saying, "Screw it! Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna burn the entry level deal." Yep. Um, I understand that accelerates free agency, restricted free agency status, waiver status, all that stuff. But th- this is just a classic, in my opinion, Minnesota sports kerfuffle. Um. It's It goes back to Kirloff and Rooker with the Twins. It's the same thing with Boldy. If you are so scared about losing the third year of team control when we're talking about what's happening in 2021, if Boldy is good three years from now, you sign him, you figure it out. You don't look back in 2024 and say, man, remember how we signed him to an ATO? Or man, remember when we didn't keep him and how great that is? If he's going to make an impact and he can help your team, you have to sign him right now and i believe with this talent that the wild don't have depth wise they have fion Kaprizov. Zuccarello is a nice player their defense is nice add another bullet put another bullet in the fire that's what i would want to see and i think he can absolutely help this team right away um i i don't my preferred method would be he signs here he either is on the taxi squad or whatever the second method would be the ATO. So I guess you don't burn the third, le- the, the first year of the entry-level contract. Other college hockey kids tend to do that. And then the third and last option would be is that he goes back to Boston. I, th- those are my three preferred options. I think he should absolutely be here. Go for it right now. And also, if you don't want to trade, like if, if you don't want to trade and, and give up significant assets to bring in someone because it's a weird year, well, then use the assets that you have right now at your own disposal. Let's, it's not like getting Matthew Boldy here. It's not like you're wasting a first-round pick. He's your own guy. He's your own prospect. So I, I think there's a significant case to get him here. I 100% do. Boston College. Boston College. BCBU. BC. I got Huskies on the brain, you know, the St. Cloud State. We're going Oh, you're there, very so, successful. So, so, yeah.
1: Congratulations on that. Um, Just, Yes, but that is my case. Get I, him here. I am 100% with you on get him out of school. I do not like guys, especially now, sticking around too long because that clock starts to tick. And then they can get ideas of, well, if I continue to play here, I could become a free agent and I could shop myself. I don't like that. Don't want that. Get him in the organization, which I think that they will. um, Get him out of school. So on that, I am with you 1,000%. Uh, What I've heard and read, and I think Russo had this, is he's going to sign the, the amateur tryout contract go to the American Hockey League in Iowa and play there if he was the final piece to a potential puzzle I would say bring him here and if they had centers who could help, I would say get him here awesome but they don't and he's not the final piece and they're not going to make that trade for they they aren't there yet and so I would if I am the wild and they do this if they send him to the American Hockey League, and then start the contract in 2021-22, that's fine because you're not there. You're not going to make a playoff run, and you shouldn't yet. You're just not. you, You don't have centers. Like, you don't. Like, Victor Rask is important to you. Until the day I go to a wild game and Victor Rask is either sitting beside me eating popcorn or he is on the fourth line, I can't take you completely seriously as a contender. And so if Boldy comes here, he's definitely a winger. He's another guy who's going to be on a line who you're not going to get him the puck enough. And I do think he's got a bright future. And in the World Juniors, I was blown away. Like, I I went from being Dex a Cole Caulfield guy because the guy can flat-out score. Like, he can shoot and score. Uh, he's not a big dude, but he's definitely got great hands. I went from be, being a—I wonder what Fenton at the time— I wonder if Fenton screwed up by not taking Cole Caulfield to now being like, hell no, Boldy is an NHL style body. And I love that, but I have no problem if he doesn't come here, because my guess is that the wild's not going to make it an all in type of move. And I don't blame Bill Guerin one bit. And so if you, if you are going to have him around next year and he might replace for all, we know at this point, Greenway, right? Cause mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan might be gone. To uh, in the Seattle uh, expansion draft. So I I can't get worked up about it because you're not there. You are just not there. And you can only ask your goaltending to do so much. Like they are right now, they are asking their Talbot and previously, I guess a little bit, uh, Kapokakkanen to do so much of the uh, heavy lifting. I can't get excited about it.
0: To your final point, before we say goodbye, also, wild fans, like I hate the hatred of Cole Caulfield. Like there's this hilarious hatred to me of Cole Caulfield oh, really? because because everyone thought at first it was a bad pick. Why? Why can't it's the same thing with Jefferson and Diggs? Why can't I root for both of them? How come I have to pick a side? It's like what? Who there's, like a, him? there's a divorce. But bloggers love, want oh. to see him fail. They want to see him fail, and it and it like why? He's a fun ass. He's fun to watch. He was season. awesome at the at the badges. I wish him the best
1: in Montreal. Great nose for the net. So well, yeah. He, he's not going to affect you. He, he's in the Eastern Conference too. Yeah, uh, yeah. but people. I love Cole Caulfield. Uh, I just I questioned the pick. And then when I watched the majority of the World Junior Championships, Matthew Baldy is an NHL body. I love, I love that guy. I mean, he's going to be. I think he he should be, damn good. But again, like most big guys, Declan, he has to apply himself consistently. Do you know? Hey. Last thing, do you know who I heard was expected to really apply himself starting in two thousand twenty one and there's great disappointment? He has not, and his team shockingly underachieving. Ooh. I'll give you one guess. Plays on the East Coast. Who what but what guy with a with a decent sized body who used to be here was always supposed to apply himself. Coyle. Coyle. Yes. Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle Thank continues <laughs> to underachieve. Yeah. I'm shocked by this. Declan, go ahead. Fast shoot score.